0: Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You should know where you are, and I hope to heck you know who this is. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Guys, guess who I've got back with me? My super secret squirrel co-host is back from the friendly skies, Mike. Where in the hell have you been, man?
1: Oh, you know, I got married. (laughs) Yeah, there's
0: that. Yeah. And for the record, folks, I tried to warn her. She didn't listen to me. (laughs) So how did all
1: that go? It it was pretty fun, man. Uh, This is the first time I've been married. So it was was pretty special. (laughs) But uh, have all your family and friends in one spot. Like that was, I felt like an episode of This Is Your Life, right? Right. And um, I'm glad I'm only going to get married once. But then again, it was kind of a nice experience. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) There you go. Don't want to repeat
1: it, but I do. so
0: (laughs) So just to bring people up to speed. You and I have been talking a lot about small business, service businesses, different investment opportunities. And I want to kind of share some high points of what we were talking about. I believe it was yesterday. We were talking about, so you guys know Mike's an airline pilot and the airlines are going through an interesting period right now. Those pilots that listen to the show, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You got big business and big government uh, in a fist fight. The government wants to, have control over what happens to big business. Big business does not want to be controlled. And when you get into these type of fist fights and you're the employee sitting on the sidelines going, I was really not allowed I could do to this. It makes you start thinking. Now, those of you sitting at home, you're, you're probably thinking, well, that applies to me too. And I'm not even an airline pilot. Maybe you work for Ford Motor Company. Maybe you work for, I don't know, Coca-Cola. Think about the big brands, Microsoft, whoever it may be, Apple. And uh, what these corporate people make the decisions they make have a direct impact on the employees. Uh, We are in an interesting financial times right now, Mike, we talk about that a lot. A lot of people are nervous as they should be uh, scared. would be another way of doing it. And right now there are some uncertainties in the marketplace that make even people like Mike and I think about a little even deeper about what we do, which is one of the reasons why we like our model, our assisted living model. Um, so lately, Mike and I have been talking about other opportunities, what other opportunities are out there as well, that we can bring you guys, because we know that maybe real estate or assisted living isn't your cup of tea. Maybe you want to go down a different road. You have money sitting in an IRA, or maybe you have money sitting in a checking account somewhere, and this you want to do something. Or maybe you're just tired of the games in Wall Street, and you want to have a little more control over your financial future. That's what this episode is going to be about. We're going to start making a I'll call it a, what would you say, Mike? A moderate shift as far as our content?
1: Well, we're going to talk about cash flow. Yep. Cash flow businesses, cash flow real estate, everything cash flow. That's right. Uh, I mean, especially now, you know, Tyler talks about the airlines are kind of the canary in the coal mine. They are. The the canary is starting to sing. That's right. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of you out there know your particular business, your particular industry, whether you're a W-2 or or self-employed. Things are getting a bit shaky, which is why today I'm glad to have uh, Greg Moore on to talk about other options to have a side hustle. We don't we don't talk about hey quit your job and go start your own franchise, quit your job to do anything. Do it in small steps. And right. right now unemployment supposedly is very low. This is a good time to start that side hustle to get that second, third, fourth uh, source of income.
2: I'll Absolutely. be honest,
1: um, you know my airline is. Um, starting to cry uncle. <laughs> so the first thing I do when I wake up is like, oh, crap, how do I how do I make money outside of my W-2? I need to make more, more. That's right. So this is a very, very important time, very important topic uh, to discuss this. So, Greg, I'm so, so happy to have you on here. I know nothing about franchises. I've always been curious about it. And I think we're going to get a lot of good value out of this.
0: I agree. Thank you for well,
2: having me, Michael. Tyler, I appreciate it.
0: Welcome Greg. So you're the uh, you're the owner of, of Franchise Maven and what you are is essentially the the middleman the broker between the franchisee and the franchisor. Correct? Correct.
2: Potential franchisee and franchisor. Yes sir.
0: So, so let's say I'm a guy that let's say I am the guy that owns five guys. I'd probably be twice as fat as I am now cuz I love that restaurant. But uh <laughs> I own five guys and I want to expand my business. I come to somebody like you and Greg, you sit down with me and look at my business plan. I imagine we have a conversation and then you, I bring you on to uh, help me through the process of finding franchisees. Is that, is that fair?
2: Pretty darn close. Tyler. Okay. Uh, we'll fill, so in, fill me in. From, yeah. So we work with, I simply work with about 500 different franchises. So if you want to uh, narrow down to, to five guys, what five guys will do is they'll get me on a, a webinar. We'll get on some one-on-one talks and I'll get to know them. Um, not only the business plan, but, you know, who makes a successful franchisee in the five guys operation? What are specifically they looking for in a potential franchisee? What do they have, have to have financially? And what does their background have to be? Uh, do they, uh, do they want to, uh, this five guys wanted to do it full time? Was it okay to do it semi passive as a side hustle? All that information I'll get to know. And then I'll go out and look for people that meet their qualifications. And then do the
0: introduction. Nice, All right, Mike.
1: Uh, Greg, I just kind of, as part of the introduction, I was reading your bio. So you're you were an electrical engineer for, I assume, a large corporation at one point. Motorola Semiconductor. Su- <clears throat> Motorola Semiconductor.
2: Yes. Motorola. Okay, that's oh, a little yes. Motorola, <laughs>
1: large. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> not- <laughs> so uh, I guess. Tell me, it sounds like from your bio that you started uh, with Taco Bells as kind of a side hustle while you were still employed with
2: Motorola. How was that? Okay. So backing up a little bit in high school, back in my day, uh, most people went and got jobs at fast food places. So my fast food place of choice just happened to be Taco Bell. Uh, For some reason, they said yes, and they took me on. So I moved up in that organization, and unbeknownst to me at the time as I was moving up, the taco bell that i was working and then i eventually managed that one and managed a few others throughout the sacramento area a lady by the name of kathy owned about 50 of them and she was a master franchisor so that was my first foray into franchising at that point in time what is a master franchisor ah so a master franchisor there's a couple different types of franchise you can go you can start with a single unit which is what most people do on that you can go with area developer which is you pick up your entire city so uh Tyler, for instance, Florida. Maybe you pick up all Florida as an area developer. As an area developer, then you develop, if they say there's 10 10 territories in Florida, you develop all 10 of those. Use your money to build them up. You manage them. You take care of them. You get all the cash. As a master franchisor, you buy all 10 territories. One of those territories, same thing as an area developer, but one of those territories is going to be your pilot unit. That is where you are going to train new franchisees. So you're going to be the right-hand person of the franchisor. You're then going to sell the other nine territories to other franchisees. Now, those territories you'll get at a discount. Generally, let's just say, for instance, they sell for $20,000. Franchisor will give them to you for 10000 each. So you'll pick them all up. Uh, and then what you'll do is then sell each one of them for $10,000 each. Or uh, excuse me, you'll pick them up for 10000 each. You'll sell them each for 20000 each. So you'll sell nine pick up 180,000. As you're picking those up, uh, you then you get that money back on that. So you get about usually half of the franchise fee itself. You'll then train those people at your pilot unit. You'll then get half of the royalties. Generally speaking, it varies by franchise, but generally speaking, you're going to pick up half the royalties on those. So what the difference is there, and royalties are between five and 10%. So let's say they're 10%. Well, franchisor gets 5%, you get 5%. Good way to develop an annuity on that one. And you, as opposed to being an area developer, you're not using all your money to develop each one of those. So if you had to build uh, nine, you know, 10, five guys all by yourself, that would be a big investment. Right. Now you only have to build one five guys. Somebody else, maybe nine other people, builds other nine five guys, so they're using their money. You don't get as much, but you don't put as much into it. And now you've got an area that's yours, uh, and it's a good way to build up an empire. And then you've got that continuous annuity stream from those nine other franchisees. Wow.
0: So it's kind of like a like I hate to use the term, but it's like multi level marketing, but but without the gimmicks. <laughs> it's like multi level marketing, what it was supposed to be. <laughs> yes, that's fascinating.
1: Um, yeah, I've got a billion questions. So we all know that like McDonald's owns the real estate, but is that the same among all like Fast food industry is five guys, or is the model different?
2: Model's generally different. Generally speaking, you do not own any real estate. Generally, if you're going with the brick and mortar, so we're just talking brick and mortar franchises here. We haven't even gotten into the service industry yet. So just the brick and mortar types, generally speaking, they don't have you purchase the real estate. It keeps the investment level down. You will get at lease, get the location, get at lease for it. And with a great franchise system, you're always looking for them to pick out the real estate for you, to find two or three locations and to do the lease negotiation for you, because you're generally not an expert in those sort of things, but it's all lease, Mike. Nothing as far as purchased as far as land, you can, but in general, it is not.
0: Oh. Wow. That's interesting.
2: Now on the other end of the spectrum, we have the services industry. So the services industry is something that people don't think about. Most of the time, folks think about uh, is the brick and mortar. Type businesses, because that's something we see every day as we drive by. Mm-hmm. The general theme there is you build it and they will come. Uh, and you know, you've got a team that picks out the great real estate location, they will indeed, because it's right there in front of them. That's a good one. You're looking at $250,000, $300,000 investment on it or something like that. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we can go the services industry. That's where your clients don't necessarily know that you exist until they need you. And again, we're looking for a great franchise system that's going to drive people to you. When that need arises, some of the other extras you're looking for in a franchise is a call center, fielding the phone calls, maybe doing some quotes online, setting up your appointments for you. That cuts down on all that you have to do. 150000 total investment, give or take on something like that, small office work from home. Uh, so it's very doable. And it doesn't matter which one you get into, the brick and mortar or the services industry. The amount of money you can make is generally, generally speaking, is about the same. You can go either way with that. And you could do semi-absentee either way on that side
0: hustle. One of the trends I'm seeing, I've been looking at service businesses a lot lately, and it actually happened to me. One of my buildings, I needed to have, uh, I'm trying to think why I needed rotor router. I think there was one of the sinks was stopped up and my handyman has flaked out since COVID. He wasn't available at the time. So I needed to get a plumber out there. I went through the phone book. I, I have three plumbers that I keep on standby for this particular property, not just because I believe in redundancy. And it's the one I love, the one I like, and the one I really <laughs> just tolerate. I couldn't get hold of anybody. Meanwhile, I've got a, a tenant that's got an issue. They can't, you know, whatever. They have a plumbing problem. They got a blockage in the sink. And I'm thinking I'm not going to have flooding if this doesn't stop. A lady's not too swift. She'll keep washing her hands in the sink until her feet are wet. Uh, I wound up going with roto which is a franchise. So I typed in uh sink sink clog at tarpon springs which is probably the perfect thing they were looking for and then i get i get in the funnel right and i get roto-rooter and a couple different flavors of roto-rooter well at the end of the day i paid 900 to have my sink uh scoped you know to get that done which drives me crazy because you know i was thinking my god that's like a hundred dollar repair from a handyman or maybe 300 from a plumber but it wanted to be 900 and i was thinking to myself it's like well i wonder how much the guy that did the work had to pay because i'm sure he's a franchisee because i'm sure roto rooter the guy that owned Roto Rooter, didn't show up how does that impact the end result in other words when it comes to a franchise fee for the actual person that's out there doing the work like i want to be a roto rooter guy do i give a, a, a portion like a percentage of every dollar to that and and because and, you said call center i thought interesting because when i said i'm over on lemon street the lady's like made a abundantly clear she had no idea where i'm from or what i was talking about so really i was talking to somebody in i don't know zimbabwe or something rather um can you shed a little bit of light on that it's like how the fee structures work for the person that wants to buy a franchise i know realize it's custom to each arrangement but from a general sense
2: yeah absolutely Uh, generally speaking you've got the franchise fee which is a one-time fee generally speaking fifty thousand dollars what it is. That gets you everything you need to know about that franchise. All the operations manual, how to do it. You'll be at their headquarters for training for you know three days a week, whatever it takes. One-time franchise fee. The ongoing fees are the royalties. Generally speaking, those are going to be between 5 and 10%. Now, they vary a little bit depending on what the franchise does for you. Do they have a call center? If you're a staffing agency, do they put the bill for the payroll? For a while, it might be a little bit extra. But yeah, that's going to be, generally speaking, 5 to 10% off the top. Gross sales that they're going to pay.
0: So theoretically, they the that's I guess why the 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 franchisor wants to make wants to vet these people. That's where you come in to make sure that these people actually have the wherewithal to make it. Correct.
2: Correct. They're looking for two different things on there. Uh, basically, your background so that you got the ba- background necessary to operate that business, and then are you financially capable of running it? On that, uh, generally speaking, uh, if you're getting into like a roto rooter. Uh, plumbing, electrical, anything like that, they're not looking for electricians, they're not looking for plumbers, uh, they're not looking for any service people, they are looking for business people who are going to build that business, working on it, and not in it.
0: Ah, interesting. Okay, that's a good point. Um, one of the things that we've implemented, like, for example, our model is we build, we take single family houses, we convert them to assisted living facilities, and then we rent the facility to an operator, similar structure to what you're talking about. They come in and the, the operator becomes our tenant. In this case, the franchisee. We are not a franchise. That's not how we're structured. But one of the stopgaps we put in place right away, because Mike and I have this conversation, running an assisted living facility has a lot of challenges, has a lot of licensing requirements. So let's be honest, we're providing care to human beings. So we want to make sure there's a certain level there. And Mike and I lacked that experience. So one of the things is we did is we brought in a consultant, somebody like you, that goes out and finds that tenant for us has that real estate experience, but more importantly, has the business experience to the model. In other words, the our consultant has been running assisted living facilities for 25 years in two different countries, currently owns three other facilities and is a, a licensed real estate agent. So for us, that be, made success as far as what we're doing, very simple. So I could see what you're talking about. If I'm a, a franchisor and I have somebody like you in the middle help, helping me vet these potential franchisees, Essentially, it, it can be a home run and if structured properly. Is that really, am I, am I correct in thinking that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Taylor. That one thing that the franchisor won't have to do, uh, they don't all do this, but they won't have to do any marketing or advertising for franchisees if they go with, uh, with myself. Or in my case, we have a consultant organization that I belong to, the IFPG. So that's one less thing they have to do is go out and market and advertise and then use their people. Uh, to go through the preliminary uh, process of it, which is what I do. They still have a franchise development person that will turn them over that will walk them through the steps partway, but it cuts out a lot of their overhead expenses when they have uh, used consultants or broker organizations.
0: That's fascinating. I like that. Do you have a question, Mike?
1: Yeah, tons. Um <laughs> Craig, from your bio, going back to that again, it sounds like so you were an electrical engineer for Motorola and you had the franchises kind of on the uh, franchises on the side. And I know you talked about you got laid off and that's when you started building your franchises. From your story, I I don't know if that's correct or not. Can somebody start a franchise with a side hustle with, you know, $50,000? Is that something the time commitment is, is that's will that fit or do you need more time?
2: You that can fit. So generally speaking, when you're looking at the, uh, uh, at the semi absentee franchises, Mike, you're looking at about 10 to 15 hours a week. What your role is going to be is to manage the manager and manage the profit and loss statements on that. So yes, I have quite a few people that either have other businesses or they're keeping their corporate jobs and they're looking for something to do as a side hustle, uh, for various reasons on that, but it is very doable. 50,000 uh it's doable there's a few of them out there i would say you're probably better off uh you know if you've got 100 or hundred fifty thousand dollars. uh it doesn't mean have to be cash uh sba loans are good we do a lot of those and we have uh people that do funding for franchises all the time which is real simple and easy to do but fifty thousand is doable 10 to 15 hours a week is what you're going to be looking at as far as the time commitment
0: wow that's interesting so, Mike, for you and your, your constituents, airline pilots and people like that, that already have a, a great primary job, but you know, coming up with 50, 150K isn't rocket science. I mean, you guys make great money and you only got to put, let's say, 15 hours, give or take, left or right, doesn't matter, into the managing of the managers, well, That's that sounds pretty awesome.
1: That's interesting. Greg, do you see a lot of franchisees come to you as like their partnership, like? Joe and Bill come together as a partnership to start a franchise, to, you know, share their resources.
2: Yes. Yeah. People partner all, uh, quite often on that. Um, and I've got probably two or three of them at this very moment who are who've been friends since high school or just started becoming friends. Uh, and they they pull all their resources together and they're looking to get into a business uh, pretty Pretty easy to do, except for uh, scheduling and trying to get everybody scheduled uh, at the same time. About the only challenging part. Otherwise, yes, very doable, Mike.
0: So I'm a guy that's got 150K sitting in the bank doing nothing. And I'm looking to change direction in my life or whatever. I come to you, what's the next step look like? Do we have a conversation about, if I don't know what franchise I want. I'm having a tough time deciding, do I want to open a Burger King or do I want to own a, I don't know, a, a Surf Pro or something like that? What does that look like, that process? Is that an interview with you? And is that how that the next steps go or what?
2: Good question, Tyler. So if you know what you're looking for, you don't need me. Right. You only <laughs> come to me when you don't know uh, exactly. Or maybe you just want some help in going through it because you've never gone through it before. So first step in the process, the very first phone call that I have with people when they schedule time with me is I ask them about themselves. Tell me all about yourself. Ask me anything you want about franchising. Ask me anything you want about myself. I want you Tyler and Mike to be comfortable talking with me and feel comfortable enough with me to then go on to another phone call after that so that's the very first phone call I'll ask all sorts of things but I want you to really get to know me and ask any questions you have about franchising mostly so we can make sure that there's no uh, misconceptions that you have about you know that you're going to be a millionaire in a year yet franchises are only $10,000 little things like that uh Tyler do you have a question?
0: Is there a reasonable explanation or expectation? Somebody that puts that 150 K in. I realize it's probably very specific to the actual franchise. Like a Burger King, you should expect X in a certain market. And if you're going to shine, sh- you have a shoeshine franchise, you'll make X. But is that something you can also help with too? Or do you look at the, do you take, do you get that information from the franchise? Or for example, I come in and we decide that maybe I want to be in the restaurant game and I've worked in restaurants all of my life and I have this nest egg set aside. I got this 150k. Can you guys? Can you sit down with us and or sit down with me and say, okay, based on your 150k and the fact that you've been an executive chef for 10 years, you could probably expect to get this kind of return on your money. Is that reasonably how it goes, or is it kind of like how does that work?
2: Great question, Tyler. That is the one thing that everybody everybody wants to know is how much can I make. No, I cannot do that because the Federal Trade Commission regulates oh. that. So, okay. Mm. A long time ago, in a land not so far away, people did that. Franchise people did that. They said, you you invest in this franchise. this is how much money you're going to make. And sure enough, there are some franchise, uh, franchises out there where you did not do that. So government got involved. Federal Trade Commission says, if you don't have that information, you don't collect that information, you cannot give out that information. I see. I cannot. We will before you invest in that franchise, we will have that information in your hands. There's a franchise disclosure document as part of what the franchise order needs to put together. Uh, they have their choice whether or not they put financial disclosures in there or not. More and more franchises are. So you'll have those financial disclosures in there as far as how much their franchisees are making. Whether they have them and they're not, what we're gonna do after that, we get those franchise disclosure documents as part of the process of investigating the franchise. we're gonna talk with as many franchisees as it takes to get a good feel for how much are you making? How long did it take to get there? What did you have to do to get there on that? And keeping in mind that every single one of these franchisees that you're talking to have been in your position at one point in time and have asked the same question. So they know you're going to ask it. And I have a list of questions for people, for the franchisors and the franchisees. And that's one of those questions is how much, what can I expect? Because you've got to have that
0: information. So in a way you serve as our, as, as my coach to help me through this process and make sure that I find that we find that together, we find the right fit for Tyler.
2: Exactly. Two things we find out along the way uh, for for Tyler is one is franchising right for you to begin with, because I don't try and convince you it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. because right. not. So then if we find out that it is for you, then we're going to go find out which franchise is right for you. I'll come back to you with five or 10 different opportunities after we go through the first call. We'll all have a lot a questionnaire. We'll go through another call. We'll do that. I come back, five or 10 different opportunities. We have another call, narrow it down to two or three. We start talking to the franchisors, and then you start gathering your information, and I put together a list of things for you to talk about. We get together every week, making certain that you're getting the information you need to make that informed decision, and then together, we'll determine which franchise is right for you. Wow.
1: I'm curious, Greg. Through your years of experience being a broker franchise, would you say there's like a general type of person that is very successful in a franchise, like uh, whether they have a background in marketing, background in business? Is there anything like big picture you could say, this is
2: generally what that person looks like? Yes, Mike. The background itself of the person, where they came from and where they're going to doesn't matter as much as if they're coachable and if they're willing to follow a process. Oh. You've got to be able to do that. And most of the there's quite often I'll get entrepreneurs, really true entrepreneurs, they're a bit challenged with that because they like doing things their own way. Mm-hmm. The one entrepreneurs that I'm really good with are the ones that have done it before themselves and are like, I'm not going through that again. <laughs> I want to franchise, I want to get to where I want to be two to three years quicker than having to go through all that stuff again. But a direct answer, Mike, is just you've got to be coachable. You've got to be able to follow a process. And if you could follow mine, which is why I go through those steps, then uh, there's a good chance you'll be you'll be okay with the franchise.
1: Interesting. So somebody who comes up to you and signs up for their first franchise, they have a support network, I assume, and they're not by themselves. And yeah.
2: They're they're not- sorry, go ahead. Yeah, please. Exactly right, Mike. You, you're you going into a franchise. One of the reasons people get into it, Mike, is because they don't want to do it themselves. They want to be part of a team. They want to be part of a tribe. Mm-hmm. They want that network. So another reason why you talk to franchisees is because not only do you have that franchise that's going to help you, franchisors are going to give you a mentor, going to help you grow. But when you're talking to those franchisees, gathering that information, now you're making more friends in the organization. For the most part, most franchises have specific territories for you. No other franchisee can come into that territory. So none of the other franchisees is your competition. You're all building up that brand together as a team on that. So that's one of the reasons why people come to me is they want to be part of that team. They want to have that support network. So they're never wondering or guessing, what do I do next?
1: Oh, wow. That's that's, that's tremendous. Wow. So, so I assume most people want to start in wherever they're living in their hometown or how does that work like i'm in salada colorado if there's another franchisee also in this town do i have to pick another region or how does that
2: work ah perfect question uh so a couple things we haven't gone we haven't gone over yet one is when you come to me mike and tyler i'm free my services are free franchise owners pay me a referral fee a referral fee so there's no charge to you for my services what you're going to get from my services mike is that you're never going to have a franchise in front of you that doesn't have a territory in your area. So that's one of the things I do for you is that when you start telling me, this is my criteria, this is what I'm looking for in a franchise on that. I want a McDonald's. Oh, I want a, a service industry. I want a Mr. Sparky. I want a Benjamin Franklin Plumbing. I go out and I check and see, do they have territory available in your area? The franchisers would really prefer and it's kind of manager mostly, is that you get a franchise that's within about 30 to 60 miles of your zip code because oh. they want you to be that name and face, the local owner of oh, that franchise.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
2: I like that. So it's not like a corporation because now you're the local owner. You belong to a big organization, but you're the, the name and the face. So people say local small business owner on that. So when I bring franchises to you, I will have already checked a couple of things. One is that franchise available in your area. Two, will that franchise work in your area? So some of them won't. If they're looking for, uh, you know, household incomes of a hundred thousand, and they need two hundred thousand people or more, and I say I want to put a franchise in Lincoln, Missouri, they'll say nope. It, you know, your territory would have to be you know one hundred square mile radius for you to get that many people within there. So we make certain that it works in your area, and. I make certain that it meets your criteria. And then I also know that that franchise is looking for somebody like you.
1: Wow. So you guys do all the market research.
2: Correct. The franchise is going to do the market research on the viability of the uh, proper demographics. They'll have that already done up front. And then I do the research on your background, what you look like, what the franchisor looks like, how well they're doing. And then everything comes together. Wow
0: nice so in that case like for example in key west if somebody if i call you and say hey i want to start a chimney sweep service in key west you're (laughs) you guys are probably if you represent a chimney sweep company you probably already know that there are like six chimneys in the whole city (laughs) and chances are there's not a franchise available for that but in salida colorado where you know it snows all winter different story
2: very true exactly right exactly interesting
0: what about financing? I know SBA is out there. Does SBA get involved with finances and
2: whatnot? Yeah, we have uh, people that are uh, First Financial. It's one of the groups we work with it, with SBA loans, and they're they're wonderful on that. So with the uh, with the funding, the the people that we work with, and we've got a couple of different groups. Guiding, uh as one uh, Ben and Trends, Tenda Financial. There's a few different ones. They do franchises all the time. So the franchise has already got a proven record of success. So that part's good. So it just comes down to your credit. Basically is all it comes down to. Uh, SBA loans, we can generally get in about three weeks or four weeks. Uh, that's pretty easy. If you go with it with the services industry, uh, you go with the SBA express loan, you're probably putting down on a hundred and fifty thousand loan. You're probably putting down $20,000 or so, uh, 150 give or take. Uh, once you get into the build out and you're doing the, the other ones, you're probably going to go with a seven A loan on that. Uh, it's going to be slightly more complicated, slightly longer on that. And they give you the money as it's needed, probably about 20% down, uh, which, or yeah, I think around 20% down is what you're looking at on that, but uh, many different ways, uh, 401k plan. Say so you've got a 401k plan from a previous employer. You can do a rollover into a self-directed 401k. So you don't right. have to go into debt on that one. Uh, that's what I did when I started my business on that. Uh, that's a good way to do it. Uh, whether you go with, you know, using your retirement money. Go ahead, Tyler.
0: Well, with the 401k, obviously with the self directed IRA, I'm, I'm sure this is the case. Tell me if I'm wrong. There, there's a certain amount of hands off you have to have. So, is that where the limited time options come in? For example, the hands off type franchise?
2: You no, know, with the uh, self directed 401k, that doesn't make any difference because that's only going to be your money. So, you can do what you want with it. The I only see. caveat to that one is that it has your corporation that you create, it has to be a C corporation because you're going to be buying stock. Your oh, I see. On that. So that's what I do with mine. So I made a more Inc. Very original name there. <laughs> uh, created that. And opened up a more Inc. Checking account. And then I just, and they, you know, the, the company that does it, uh, they do everything. All the work for you. It costs $5,000 to get it all done. But they do all the work uh, for you. Create the C corporation. Make sure your documents are all in order. But you just take that money from that uh, 401k self-directed plan or IRA self-directed plan. Roll that over and fork okay self-directed plan and just transfer that money into your c corporation checking account and then you write yourself out a stock certificate for that so many benefits very personal opinion about whether or not you want to use your retirement money for that so that's how everybody does it once i got enough money accumulated in there uh, my tax guy said you gotta you need to move over into something else now so basically when I dissolved that one, then all that money that I had in the checking account just went in tax free back into that 401k plan. Cause I'm just buying back stocks from that. So some good points, some bad, uh, some sure. bad points, you know, using uh, your retirement money, uh, definitely deal with your, your tax person, or I have, I work with CPAs and funding people and franchise attorneys all the time. So I got plenty of people I can send, send over your way. Wow.
0: Well, that's fascinating. Mike, uh, are any questions before we have to wrap up here?
1: I I do. So the other end of the whole business cycle. So Greg, I'm tired of owning a chimney sweep business. I want to start something different. So how do I terminate that franchise commitment? And how does that work?
2: Perfect. Lead it to the to, to the end point. What's your end goal? Uh, how are you going to get out of that? So you get into a franchise. It's going to be an agreement for between generally speaking five or ten years. So like that. That's your franchise agreement. That's what you're signing. Uh, you don't have to stay that long. That's uh, entirely up to you, to a point. Once, Mike, you built that franchise up, it's making money, you're ready to move on, and I've had people do this as well, you tell the franchisor you'd like to sell your business. So the first thing the franchise is going to do is he's going to, he or she is going to tell other franchisees that are close to you that you want to sell. If your franchise uh. is doing well, one of the other franchisees is going to pick it up easy enough to do now if that's not the case and that doesn't happen or there's no other franchisee close then they'll let again they'll let myself know and the other consultants in their organization know on that and then we do the same thing again we go out and find people they're gonna buy it and then you sell it for whatever it is you want to sell for franchise resales i get a lot of people asking for them i don't get a lot of good ones because of the fact that other franchisees pick them up right away. So it's really easy for you to just sell it off. You've made some money. Now you make even more money and then we just move on to the next franchise or you retire with happily a after.
0: Wow. Yeah. Hmm. What a different world. It certainly is. I get the feeling Mike's going to be in your customer list after this call. Yeah, I'm
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> right on. yeah,
0: Absolutely. Well, wow. That was, that's pretty odd. That's, that gives me a lot of ideas. We, you may be coming back for a second interview here pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to talk about, probably if we do this again, I'd like to talk about what it looks like to take your business and make it a franchise. Uh, obviously, there's probably a lot to unpack. That's definitely um, ammunition for a second episode to knock that out. But man, that that's awesome. That's awesome. What's the best way for people to reach out to you?
2: Go to my website, franchisemaven.com. That's franchise, M-A-V as in Victor, E-N.com. Email me at Greg at FranchiseMaven.com or just pick up the phone and give me a call at 361-772-6401.
0: Thank you so much. Well, guys, there you have it. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. You just need to pick up the phone. Go to his website, FranchiseMaven.com and get the conversation started. Don't sit back and wonder about it. Don't think about, well, what if? Get on the phone, have those questions, have that conversation. The only way you're going to make it different 2023 or if if you're already done with 2023 and now you're focused on 2024, now's the time to pick up the phone and make it happen. Go to the website, FranchiseMaven.com. It's not rocket science, but you got to start somewhere. Guys, I appreciate your time this week and I hope you have a fantastic week.
2: This concludes today's today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn.